Hello, and welcome to the Fearless Storyteller Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Freckleton. Have you ever noticed how fear stops us from creating and sharing our best work? Join the Fearless Storyteller as we explore the heart and soul of writing stories, songs, and scripts that sell with the people who write them. Each guest has their own unique hero's journey and insights into the intersections between limiting beliefs and success. Marielle S. Smith got her start as an academic editor, but after a rekindling of passion for creative writing took hold, she expanded her services to include mentoring for creative writers. In addition to being the editor-in-chief of the Journal of Gender Studies for Amsterdam University Press, she offers a variety of author services, including private retreats in Cyprus. These days, she's co-authoring her own series of LGBTQ works under a pen name, It's through that lens that we recently sat down for a Facebook Live to discuss co-writing and collaboration best practices in her Heart to Heart series. I hope you enjoy the conversation and find something that works for you. Good evening, everyone. For me, anyway, it's 8 p.m. here in Cyprus. Today, um, we'll be having another Heart to Heart, this time with Ethan Freckleton. And we're going to have another one on co-writing. I know we've discussed this um, before. I, I talked about this with Sheila Mary, who I co-write with. Um, and one of the aspects that came up for us is, of course, that communication is key. You need a certain level of flexibility. You need to allow for a certain kind of fluidity. It's about um, reflecting on the process, making sure that whatever process you have in place still works for everybody involved. If you need to adapt, do adapt. I've also talked with the Martones, um, and one of the things they came up with, which I found very interesting, is um, first of all, they said, you know, when you work together with somebody, it's absolutely necessary that you believe in the other's abilities, but also that you respect the other's process. Um, if you can't do that, it's going to be really difficult to um, have a sustainable uh, um, co-writership. So today I'm talking with Ethan uh, about the do's and don'ts. So let's see what Ethan has to add to this. And I'm also hoping um, that he can maybe give us some concrete examples and advice. Um, Because these, of course, are communication, uh, believing in the other, uh, respecting their process, uh, allowing for flexibility and fluidity. That's all rather vague. So I'm hoping maybe today we can discuss about some actual concrete um, tools or, or, or how would I say that, uh, tactics uh, to do this. So I see in my corner, I see Ethan coming on and off. So I'm going to invite him in now uh, and hopefully... uh, that works in one go. Let me see. Oh, there goes my camera. Add. This is always uh, the moment of truth. Dun, dun, dun. Connecting. Hello. Hello, you're here. Hello. Hi. It's good to see you, Mariel. Yeah, good to see you as well. Good morning to you. Yeah. That's good um, for you, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely morning. Um, great setup. Did you put another book on that? I did. I added a second book I've got below my phone, Creating Character Arcs by K.M. Wieland, and Now Write, Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror, Several Exercises for Writers of Speculative Fiction. 
Excellent. I, I got rid of one book. My stack was too high. Oh no, uh, which one had to go? Uh, 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 thug, um, The Hate You Give. Oh, yeah, we're not going to do The Hate. Yeah. No, no, we're going to do The Love, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, so that, so that's, that had to go, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, I have my yoga blogs. I have, I have an interesting setup. We were just talking before we got on uh, about how professional uh, our setup is, because mm. uh, like I was playing with my yoga blogs, and I have a combination of books, yoga blogs, and Oracle decks to set it <laughs> up. Uh, so yeah. Um, hey, welcome. Thank you. I know you've done a lot of co-writing in different genres. Mm. Yeah, and uh, mediums. Different people. Yeah. And mediums, yeah. So I'm really curious uh, to hear what you have to add uh, uh, to all this, because the people I've interviewed thus far have only uh, co-written mm -hmm. with one other person. Yeah. Well, congratulations. And you're still talking. Oh, it's good yeah. So it's good, right? Yeah. So hey, I have a question. Well, one of them was a married couple, so. Yeah, Daniel and Laura. I'm glad they forget that. Yeah, Daniel Oria, so I'm glad they figured that out. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you, just so I can get a sense. Because um, we're going to be talking about tips and that sort of thing. And I feel like advice is only as good as it is aligned to why you're doing what you're doing. And so for you, I'm curious, why, why co-writing? Why are you interested well, in this? For me, what I did the co-writing, where we started was, uh, the conversation started actually when we were both, so so I, I co-write with Sheena Mary mm. uh, under a pen name, Heather McLee, and mm. uh, we were both kind of in a slump. Um, I was struggling really to get the first draft down and she was struggling really um, to get what she had mm. um, together in like, to find a structure in what she had. Hmm. Um, so we looked, so we were like, oh, this is interesting because we have different struggles. Hmm. You know, it's not, mm -hmm. uh, I think for the longest time, I was a very lonely writer. I didn't know anybody else. Mm -hmm. So you also kind of, when you're in that phase, when you're afraid to tell people that you're writing because you're afraid they're gonna make fun of you or mm -hmm. tell you, you know, to get serious about life. Hmm. Um, so, I wasn't connecting with too many authors yet when I when I met her for the first time, so I always kind of assumed that that writers have quite similar struggles. Hmm. Um, so it, it's been an interesting ride to see that uh, for me as well because I'm also an editor. Mm -hmm. To see that I, I know so many writers who love the first draft and they really hate the editing and the revising and and like the crossing of the T's and the dotting of the I's, which is the part I absolutely love. Mm -hmm. For me, the first draft is very difficult. Like I'm a really good plotter, mm -hmm. so I can do an outline. That's that's very easy for me. I can put all the layers in, mm -hmm. but then just sitting there and then writing it that. There's like an obstacle. Mm. So for Sheena Mary, her issue was it's very easy for her to do a first draft. If you give her a writing prompt, something will come out. Mm. But for her, it was very difficult to then string these together into a coherent story. Mm. So we were like, okay, so there was a genre that we both wanted to try to write in, which was, uh, what was romance, uh, mm. LGBT romance. Mm. We both wanted to try writing that. So we were like, okay, so I'm, 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 I'm a plotter. She's a pantser. So I'm a plotter. She's really good at first drafting. I love the editing, the revising. 
So how about I see if I can create a plot, you look at that, and if you can work with that, you write the first draft. Mm. Uh, and how she does it is um, she doesn't look too far ahead. She just you know looks at the scene. Mm -hmm. So in Scrivener, I just put like you know I put all the chapters, yeah. and, I, and, and at the top I just write the little plot. So she doesn't even know what's happening next. She just writes, yeah. and then I get it back and I string it all together and I sort of you know make sure that everything connects. So that is how we started co-writing because we realized that we both had something that we could do, but it would take us a long time. Mm -hmm. So for me, first drafting takes a long time. For her, like turning it into an actual right. st structure, that takes a long, long time. So that's how we decided, well, you know, if, if, if your weakness is my strength and the other way around, let's see if we can sort of like yeah. you know, match that. Uh, yeah. that. That's how we started doing that. And that's work. That's working for you, kind of according to theory. Were there any kind of surprises in terms of like things that were more difficult or easier than you thought? I think the biggest surprise was that we assumed that we would test the structure, like hmm. test the process, and hmm. then, you know, after the first book, we would have to sit with the process and probably tweak it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the biggest surprise was. Um, that we were both like, I don't think we need to tweak this. I think it works. Mm. I think for me, the biggest surprise was that we, um, I do see some, some things that could be improved um, to make us go faster. Mm -hmm. But in terms of what we wanted to try, because the, the first idea, because we write trilogies in a world, uh, and their old trilogies are about a pairing. So we decided we first do one trilogy. And then for the second trilogy, we're going to turn the whole thing around. So she's mm. going to try and do the plot, and mm -hmm. I'll try the first draft. And then, and then at one point, we were like, is that, would that be stupid? Would that be a waste of time? Because this apparently, like the bigger structure that we have in place, it seems to work really well. So do mm. we actually need to change it? Or should we just, because it's all about, you know, it's all about iteration optimizing. Yeah. But maybe it's possible to get it right from the start. I think so. There's... And then you just need to tweak it a little bit. I think there's one of the things that I'm very aware of, both from co-writing and from having been a project manager in the software world, is there's that idea of good enough, right? Like you've got your initial objectives, mm -hmm. and if things are working, you know, you can actually slow things down and throw wrenches into the process by trying to change it when it's already a moving like piece of work. And so having that trust to just see it through and then, you know, in a new project, try out some new things. Because you're also playing and learning and growing, right, with each thing. Yeah. That's part of the mm -hmm. excitement for me, at least, right, is not doing the same thing every time. And for me, that's one of the allures of co-writing, personally, is that it's different every time. I'm working with different people, it's different dynamics, I'm getting out of my own head, right? And, mm -hmm. yeah. right, and that's, because I, I hit that point, like with music and songwriting um, and other creative endeavors, I was just, I was getting bored of myself a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so it was really fun to, to get out of my own head and be able to make other people's ideas better or to see new possibilities when people are adding to mine and yeah 
And so is that where you started uh, the co-writing? Sorry, is that where you started, like uh, uh, in the music business? Yeah, I started. I started in music. Um, so I was kind of stumbling around and trying to figure out my way with music for about five or six, five to seven years, doing my own thing. My dad played bass and was in bands all the time. And I figured, hey, I just figure it out. I'll read some books, right, and kind of figure out songwriting and do the thing. It's good enough to have a band and be out there and playing songs. And um, I ended up in a little bit of a transition, and I, I saw this conference, professional conference, was happening in a place that I'd always wanted to go, in Kauai. So I went to this music industry conference, kind of geared at performing artists and songwriters. And it just like mm -hmm. opened my eyes to this whole other world of like, wait, here's how people actually think about the creative aspects and think about the business. And I ended up getting plugged into the Nashville Songwriters Association, which has chapters all over the world, regional chapters and also conferences and inexpensive resources. They're not-for-profit. And what I realized, came to learn, was that for the great majority of hits and songs that are making money in contemporary music in different genres, there's more than one writer. You know, it's all team-based work. Um, so that kind of was got me into the door of that world. And I went through a lot of trying out co-writes and things that worked and were fun and things that didn't work and weren't fun. You know, a lot of trial and error. And uh, I definitely learned my preferences around co-writing. Um, and we can get into that for sure. I think there's like some general tips and then there's just insights for me, the things that work for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which might very well resonate. Yeah, and you, as well. I got into writing books around 2016, 2017. And, you know, I started by trying to figure out the craft for myself. So I was writing by myself. Um, but the current project I'm working on that's being published uh, is a co-write and it only exists because somebody was interested in this offshoot idea I had. I was kind of joking about and somebody I met and I posted this fake blurb to the 20 books um, conference page after we went to this conference in 2017, kind of joking. And JR from Terra is my co-writer for the Starship Ass mm -hmm. series. And she's like, this needs to be a, this needs to be a real thing. I'm like, oh man, I've got like this queue of ideas, but but also I know I like co-writing. So maybe we should talk about it and explore that. Um, so we're, we're kind of in the finishing phases of that where we've got our prequel, book one, book two. We're in the middle of book three right now and that will kind of complete the core project and we'll see based on reader response if we keep going. Um, I've also got another collaboration in the works, and it's totally different. It's uh, kind of more in that game-lit realm. I don't know if you've heard of game-lit or lit RPG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's for me... Thing right now. Yeah, and 
I don't have to write it, but I always thought if I do, there's just so much world building and like game system stuff. And I'm really into the characters. I'm, I'm all about characterization and having fun with that. And I don't get as much energy and joy out of creating those things. And it's a lot of work. So I found somebody from my own social circles who, you know, kind of a hobbyist around writing, but really they're just really in and understand how these things work. And they have their own world that they've been developing for like 10 years. So all this world building. And so we're able to get together for several months and kind of flesh this whole world out as well as a game system to kind of support telling a story on top of it. And so that's how we're collaborating. And then we go over, you know, kind of what each story would be about and bounce ideas, but I'll be doing the, the writing for it. But he's providing all this research, right, and kind of underlying how things work. And so that's a really nice pairing, too. Yeah. yeah that's a very unique kind of collaboration, almost. Because that, yeah. that's almost as if usually you write and then when you do your research, like you, well, we used to go to the library, I think, these days, mostly Google. Mm. Um, unless you do like actual archival uh, research. Um, but it's so handy if you have like your library just like, you know, at the other end of your phone. Yeah. Uh, just call like, I just wrote this. How do you feel about this? Is this is this in line with, with is this possible in our world? So that's very useful. Yeah. And you know, so I'm, I'm a parent, I've got two kids, and I'm also doing two businesses at once. And so for me, time is really my constrained resource in all of this mm -hmm. and you know mm -hmm. there's always money in those things too but um so when i'm looking to collaborate i'm looking for situations that are going to put me ahead of that curve or allow me to take on projects that i wouldn't otherwise be able to do because of time that's a good way to say that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I mean, well, that's yeah i think about those just in terms of reasons to co-write that are personal to me. I think for each person, there's different reasons, right? And maybe there's reasons not to. Yeah. I, I think I think that like I've I've just been you mentioned uh, twenty books to fifty k the conference mm. is that the is that the Vegas one? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I went so, to the first so, one. Yeah. And, so, yeah. Yeah. So I was just in the I was just uh, in July. There was the twenty books uh, Edinburgh. I was there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was really good, um, but yeah, most of the um, I saw a lot of people like connecting and and discussing. Oh, we should do this together. Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of people, it is the time yeah. because we all know like the more books you put out there, uh, uh, that's that's the the, the the easier it is to, to be successful or, or to to get known. Uh, mm -hmm. Like the best marketing is is just writing the next book. Yeah. So for me, when I did. But when I did the romance, that was definitely something. We were like, can we speed up our process? Because we are both working. This is one of the reasons we have the penning is that we both write completely different things. Mm -hmm. And those projects just take up so much more time because of all the research involved. Mm -hmm. um, so we wanted to be like, we've been writing for it for, I mean, uh, I've been writing for almost two decades. Mm. Um, we we, we want to show that to like, we want to, we want to, like demonstrate that we're actually doing this, yeah. not just talk about it. Yeah. Um, so can we try this? But I just recently, and I think, so that's my point is like, it also depends on the project. I just recently started a co-writing uh, project 
with a fellow writing coach mm. and we are writing about uh, imposter syndrome mm. cool and that is for me uh, we, we have a sense of like we could probably put this book out quite quickly if we want to mm. but during the initial stages of sort of like you know figuring out how we're gonna do it uh, what is my strength what is his strength um, I think we both came to an understanding that we're just gonna like we we just need to write this. Hmm. So there is no we need to write it this year because it will it's this this I don't have any ideas about what it will do what it hmm. will do for us but we just have to say this and we hmm. agree on because we we've, we've had discussions about this often so we we are quite on the same page. Mm -hmm. um, which is sometimes a bit unorthodox if you look at what other people are saying in there so it's also a bit. The daring to write, it's nice to write yeah. with somebody else. Mm -hmm. So it's a different. It, that for me was not about the time. It was just like I like I I I need to do this with this person that I connect with so well on this particular topic. Right, and so I think it also maybe depends on 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 the kind of project. Yeah, like why and what the goals are, and if it's like aligned to something deeper. Right, it sounds like there's some deeper yeah. meaning for both of you. And it's going to help you understand the topic better. And you're probably going to put out yes. something that's a great resource because imposter syndrome, something that comes up for everybody. And that's, I have a podcast yeah. and that's part of why I'm doing it is to show that people at all stages of their career suffer from fear and doubt and imposter syndrome, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, and that's that, why I love the title so much. The, the fearlessness about it. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. So, I know you wanted to get into tips and that kind of thing, or uh, I, you know, one of the biggest things I've found is that, like, well, when you're co-writing a song, like, there are advantages mm -hmm. and disadvantages to every medium, and for people who may jump in, like, I write songs and I write books. Um, and so there's a lot of overlap in terms of what, like in terms of intangibles and chemistry and project management and those kind of things that are similar. And there's also things that are different about books. Like book is a bigger commitment, right? In terms of time frame, how long it takes to write. Um, in many ways, the expense piece of it is similar if you're planning to actually produce a song. And so it kind of comes out the same. Um, but like there's these baseline things, which is can you and the other person achieve a rapport? Can you be vulnerable with each other? Are you able to like share your real stuff, your inner process, be willing to go places that are real? Um, and and that's a personal thing. It may not even be about the other person. It's like, do I feel like I can open up with this person? And do I feel like I'm getting a real connection with this other person? It's like the same as dating, right? Mm -hmm. in, yeah. in some yeah. sense. And um, I just lost my notes. But um, so that's an important factor. And there is an element of two people who write together will have different tools or there may be overlap in terms of what skill sets are. Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about failures for a minute, like failures. 
Um, mm -hmm. So a couple years ago, I went into a studio to record a song, but also to co-write a song in like one day and then turn it around and record it the next day. And we kind of stalled out a little bit. Um, we got an interesting concept and lyric, but when it came to the time to execute and make the thing, we found that we were strong in the same areas and what we had little pieces that were missing that we couldn't yeah. in a time efficient manager manner turn around like we were an incomplete team as far as it went and so you know this is a lesson learned and part of that you know the other side of it is to be willing to fail um and not pin like for me personally i've been through this journey enough you get really high, like, ooh, I'm going to be writing with so-and-so person. I'm doing this thing, and it's going to be great. And greatest thing ever, you know, it's an opportunity I've been waiting for. And no, really, it's just like you're creating a product. It, by itself, it may or may not ever have value, but it's another thing you're adding to your portfolio, intellectual property you can exploit, and it's helping you get better through the practice of doing it, regardless of what the outcome is, right? And you're building a relationship with the person where you can make more stuff in the future and you open your networks up to each other. So it's always going to be a success in one regard in terms of experience, you're developing a relationship, unless you just really don't work well together. And that's good to know too. Yeah. Um, so those are that's also it's the thing yeah, the failure like that's why you did this like when you said failures because yeah. it's it's in the end it's like it's it's learning moments right? yeah and this is where if you, if you, you can yeah. learn from it yeah and this is where this i feel the, the one place where the psychology of writing books and stories is a little different maybe is around this time thing and so a hit songwriter like the you know i've, I've met and talked to and in some cases collaborated with these hit songwriters but these are people who their success rate in terms of either getting a song cut or having a hit song is like is a fraction of one percent to one percent for all the work they do and so um there becomes so you're doing every day you're writing you're writing you're collaborating you're writing songs you're building a library of stuff but then there's this discernment piece around where am I going to invest in terms of my other resources, time, energy, cash to produce something to get it mm -hmm. to the next step, and that kind of thing. And even then, it's not likely going to in itself have a result. It's more the body of work over time and the relationships that leads to success in books. A little different you're talking about a big time commitment i've been working with jr on this book series um we really started writing a year ago so you know we, we kind of were in different spaces where for nine months our schedules weren't aligned but we were chatting and doing kind of a little bit of world building and figuring out what our characters are and then we're writing and we'll be done in another month so basically it's 13 months of writing off and on plus nine months of lead time it's kind of two years in my life and who knows what the outcome is going to be how the sales are going to be what the long-term curve and all that right yeah you just don't know that yeah yeah and so if i'm saying hey i have to make a career 
out of this collaboration, right, then that's a lot of pressure to put on it on the one hand, yeah. right? I but, see a lot of people doing that. Yeah, and I think I'm more comfortable to say, do we have a baseline level of craft? Do Are we able to work together? Are we able to show up in our seats when we say we're going to, right? Um, do we understand the business of what we're doing? Does the overhead for what and what resources we're putting into it make sense? Like, are we aligned? Who's are we sharing yeah. the burden and the risk, right? Um, and really, at the end of the day, the best I can say is we are creating intellectual property, and it will have a certain amount of value once there's enough products in the queue, right? Um, yeah, that's the idea, yeah. Yeah, and then move on. And so it's not something you can speed through. And I know that's something a lot of people approach differently. So, yeah. yeah. It's all about time, time, time. Yeah. No, but it's interesting. It's interesting what you said because, um, like, over the past two years or so, I've had multiple people approach me for collaborations. Mm. And... I've I've, re I've come to realize what my red flag should be. Yeah, so I've said yes. I said I said yes to a few of them. Mm -hmm. and what I've what I'm what I've been realizing, honestly, that's something I've been realizing over the past few months only. That was like my one of my biggest epiphany, is that all the projects that I've initially said yes to, mm. but they came from people who talk not about. I have to write this, and I think we could really do this well together. We just have to put this story out. This is something, even with the romance, that that's kind of started as a joke. Mm -hmm. But it's also, we're both very much concerned with representation, um, changing the canon, adding different stories, mm. own voices, stuff like that. Mm. So it was also about that. It was also about showing... Um, that we can write stories differently, also in our very specific genre. There are particular uh, tropes that we wanted to, well, we break quite a few rules. Uh, mm. So it was also a test, and that was yeah. the fun part. Um, so even though it started as a joke, we're quite serious about it. And with the imposter syndrome book, like we both, we, we sort of came together and we were like, we need to write about this. Mm -hmm. uh, but the other project, it was the focus was on, I have this idea. Together we can write it fast, and I think it will make us a lot of money. Mm. Mm -hmm. so, so, um, so for me, now I realize that the red flag is if somebody comes to me, wants to collaborate with me, and starts promising me rainbows and pots of gold. Yeah. I'm like, then it, yeah. it's, not about the it's not about the story that they have to tell, but it's, they have a thing, yeah. they have an idea that they think will be a money maker, and yeah. together we can just do it faster. Yeah. Almost viewing you, does it feel like you're a widget at that point versus maybe having some deeper investment? Yeah, it's, it's, it's more like they, they know I write. Yeah. So. You know, it's interesting. It's reminding me, I had, I had an opportunity come along like that a while ago, and I haven't moved forward with it because it wasn't meeting my internal needs. Like, in some way, I know, you know, we're, we're all trying to make a living and invest our time in ways that balance 
what we need inside and our creative fulfillment and balance being able to pay the bills and live the lifestyle we want um but for me it was more like here's a franchise here's an idea and you'll even get a bigger split of the money but you're gonna write this in isolation here's the other resources go to town and that doesn't fulfill me i i like to have dialogue and kick ideas around and so since it didn't have that element to it it kind of felt impersonal and for me that's just you know it it doesn't work for me i mean if i was making choices in my life as an adult around what's going to make me the most money i would be doing different things yeah but that's not what it's about I mean, yeah exactly not for me anyway yeah and so yeah as long as I'm making sure my needs are taken care of, then there's a balance there of like how much money do I need and what are these other things worth in terms of fulfillment yeah. and joy. Um, yeah. Well, this is the thing, like, the one, like I have so many things that I brought with me back from um, 20 Books Edinburgh and I've put them all like on my vision board. Mm. And, like what I hear you say, like Martha Carr said, um, when she's struggling whether or not to take something on, she asks herself, or when she's in, she, when she's doing something, she asks herself, am I having any fun? Yeah. Which is, and with, like you just said, like we, we already have s such limited time. Mm-hmm. So can we then, you know, at least use that time that we do have to do something that we like? And the same, like, um, and of course, like, the why question that has been around, that's been in my head ever since I started listening to um, the self-publishing podcast, uh, mm -hmm. uh, the, 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 smart, the, the previous Smart Arty guys. Yeah, I'm Sean, um, but Sean again, and Dave. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. yeah. and then Johnny, and, and, the, and that came up as well again uh, during the conference. And for me, my why from the, from the start of from the first time I started listening to them and started writing it down, it's always been like, I wanted to produce a body of work that I can be proud of. Mm -hmm. So I remember one time that I pitched, um, I pitched an idea mm. to somebody who was a really fast first drafter as well. Mm. Uh, so I thought, well, we can do the same thing. Are you first draft? Um, but for me, the pitch had certain stakes. Like it was, it, it was going to be a story that would tell, like that would uh, build a world the way I wanted it to be like, so it was very, uh, it was, it was a dystopian world, but with certain utopian aspects. Mm -hmm. So everything that was um, aligned with what I wanted to sell and, and like the, the legacy I want to leave in this world, mm. this person was like, yeah, we can do this, but I'm gonna like, I cannot work with this. I cannot work with this. I cannot work. So all my, all the things that were actually deal breakers for me mm. got, and I was like, well, then I cannot do it because I can mm -hmm. still do it. Yeah. But it was no longer the story that I needed to tell. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that was sort of like, that took all the fun out. I'm like, yeah, yeah that's not, I, I tell the story because I want to tell a particular story. Yeah. And I know, like, just looking, flipping it around from the other side, let's say that we were the people with the core idea. We're going to be, it's going to be our money and resources behind yeah. producing this work and we're looking for something somebody to compliment us right um yeah. i know both from doing musical collaborations and having bands and from leading software projects that 
um, if the other person's not invested, like, you have to understand what somebody's why is and, and why and what they're going to they get out invested, of it. They can be invested, but in a different way. But not in a way like where you're selling them on, hey, this is going to be a good thing for, for you. It's going to be like, no, this is doing something for somebody that that they find fulfilling or novel that they're going to get joy out of. Otherwise, you're not going to get their best work and they're not necessarily going to be reliable and they could bow out, you know, it just really increases the risk. And that, that has happened with all the other projects yeah. that I mentioned. Yeah. yeah. Because they were not, I, I think they were, at least they were not in it for my reasons. Yeah. They're not invest. Yeah. And yeah. so, there's like these different phases of exploring what a project's going to be, right? There's like number one, getting to know each other as people. And then there's like this kick ideas around phase. And I, I think maybe how I would approach it moving forward is it's, that's like the songwriting, co-writing thing where you have an appointment, maybe three hour block of time and you explore a concept and you throw ideas around at the end of that time maybe you have a project concept or you don't and then after that you can sleep on it get back together you know and like if the ideas are still coming there's still passion from both sides to make it better and want to move it forward then maybe you have a project and you can discuss expectations roles responsibilities yeah. contractual kind of stuff right i was just thinking about that like the the expectations are so um, yeah. So important. Yeah, and like who's going to own this for the long term, right? Like all these things that you can or don't, don't have to think of, right? It's either a short-term project where you're not really creating an asset, and that's okay. Or, you know, you put the effort in to think about those things. I'm not great at that. Um, so I love when people put out templates and contracts and things. Yeah, I hate that. contracts. I don't understand. I don't speak the language either. Um, but I do know that um, if you if you make if 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 you make something hmm. and you put it out there and you die, yeah, like somebody somebody is gonna have seventy years, isn't it? So it's seventy years. Yeah. Uh, so it's good to have in writing. Um, yeah, in a co belongs to who in a co-write that yeah. gets really tricky, I imagine, and there's good resources for that. I don't claim to have them, and I need to figure that out. Like honestly, for stuff I'm working no, on, every, every time yeah. I make a contract, I just look at the previous ones that I have. Mm -hmm. I just try to make it up as I go. Yeah. Uh, but even you do have to, you do have something, and it, it's not. It's even even if this is your best friend, you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because and I admit me and my co-writer we don't have a contract yet and I've been trying to uh, get that done yeah uh, because it's because and it's not that I don't trust her or her partner mm -hmm. that's not but but you don't know what happens when some when something happens yeah. well, uh, in, and it is it's, it's such a timeline I think what years. what what prop most likely to happen in a lot of these cases is nobody's going to be exploiting it or benefiting from it because of the uncertainty. So, like, if something happens to me, right, or if something happens to my co-writer, um, probably it's going to stop selling it, right? And nobody's going to make money. But there are opportunities to set it up where people can benefit for the long term. Um, 
and that's that's a lot of advanced stuff to think about right beyond the fun of it and yeah. i think that's where I think a lot of I think that's where well, I think a lot of people only want to think about contracts mm -hmm. when they envision um, they first want to see if it's going to be successful and then they'll think about a contract but I'm like it's so much easier to draw up a contract when you both think nothing is at stake as soon as you see that something's mm -hmm. at stake you'll, be, you'll you'll have a different relationship to the contract you're building right and some people yeah. will approach it from I'm going to own this in the long term but you're going to get a certain value up to X dollars or for X amount of time. But I'm yeah, the publisher, like right? Yeah. And and that's okay. But if you don't def define that, then it's just ambiguous. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't have to do the same for every project. No, no. But it's all, you know, it's a question of how much work do you want to put on yourself or others. And yeah. yeah. I, that's not the part that gets me excited. But it is a part I know we'll have to figure out, you know, and yeah, like it's important. Like I've uh, I've hit my head quite a few times over that one. Yeah, and so how how uh, how we're dealing with it in terms of, you know, we have something in writing, but more what it is is there's t we're setting aside twenty percent for the publishing side of expect expenses as far as oh. revenues go. Yeah. And so that money like has kind of a prioritized list of what we spend it on, whether it's improving covers or editing or filing copyrights, the expenses of filing copyrights, that kind of thing, setting it up for a long term. So the way I'm thinking about it is, well, if it hits this minimum level of viability, then we treat it as a sustainable asset where we can set it up for the yeah. long term. And, you know, whether or not there's like a, holding company kind of thing or a state that kind of you know manages yeah. mm -hmm. that that other people can be shareholders in and manage you know if there's sufficient money out of that 20 percent to set that up legally then we'll get there yeah. other otherwise That's a good one. otherwise invest that time and energy elsewhere with stuff that is selling yeah yeah but i think it's a good one but it's so like this that's, that's for me, what the thing I learned is that it doesn't matter how good you think your friendships are or mm. how good you level with one person, mm. things do happen. Yeah. And it's so, um, it's just something you don't have to talk about anymore once you yeah. put it in writing. Unless, of course, the business changes and yeah. you want to make some amendments. And, and there could be... So yeah, it's not, the, it's not the fun part. Uh, no, and there, sure. could, there could be this other thing, right? So we've got this minimum commitment to do a trilogy. So let's say we're yes. done, and yeah. I have two other projects waiting. No, and I need to go do those. And she wants to keep writing in the universe. So what do we do then? Does it continue to be fifty-fifty? Is that a fair thing? Yeah. So we have a provision set up. So if just one person's writing in that world moving forward, how that looks in terms of splits and that kind of thing yeah. and expectations, right? So that's that's another piece we thought about. Um, and that's sorry, that's good advice as well because you don't know what's going to happen in the long run. Yeah, and you know we do have to set ourselves up to you know you've got to diversify. You know we're talking about being professionals. We do have to diversify, right? The portfolio it can't just be one asset. And so, and moving forward, my balance is 
you know, so I've got this co-write, I've got another co-write to work on, and I know that I've got these other things that maybe I want to take to TradPub. And to do that, I want to make sure it's a solo thing. So I have to find the time to create yeah. that as well. And time is limited. And time is limited. So that means I can't just write on the co-write stuff. So there's no, some in internal out. balance, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking at that internal balance for the moment. Like my my big project is a project I started writing when I was 14. Mm. So that's. Uh, it's like the life. The life work here. Yes. Yeah. That's gonna be my my and 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 I've been pushed in the past to just publish it and get mm. it over with. Mm -hmm. Like no, this is gonna be my. This is the legacy. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't care how long it's gonna take. But I've also realized that I've been recently. Like all my co like there's so many books I want to write. Yeah. Nonfiction, fiction. So the the co-writing projects, uh, I understand that at this point they they are the ones that bring in the money, so they need a particular amount of time per week. Um, mm -hmm. I have to put in certain hours, but I've also realized that not working on my big big project at all because that's something I I tend I used to do it in chunks. Mm -hmm. Like I took like three months and then rewrote the next draft and then. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I can't do that because the, we are on a, on a production schedule for mm -hmm. the uh, for the co-write, so we have to keep going. Yeah. So I can't just I can't just disappear for three months with my big, you know, YA fantasy book and just I can't do it. Yeah. Um, so I've been now trying to find a balance that okay, I need so so many hours on the fiction, on the romance, because that's we're producing that now, so mm -hmm. we're setting that up. So that's we need to work on that brand. Then there's a nonfiction I want to write, and then there is my fantasy I want to write. So mm -hmm. I, I'm right now. I don't have the balance yet, but I'm trying to find a way. How can I, like, do mm -hmm. all of that in one week instead of going? I'll do mm. this first, and then that week I'll do that. And I'm like, I need to find space for that because that's also something that fulfills me. Yeah, and it is something that needs to be done. And there's only yeah. so much time you can actually sit down and write. Yeah. So how do you balance those? Well, that's interesting, I guess. And I'm thinking about if this were me, like, and and I get two to three windows, production windows a day of time. And the first one's like mandatory core, whatever my most important thing is. And so, so it's kind of prioritized that way. And then there's a second window Right, where I can work on something else that's also important. And then the third one's as time permits, right? If I get there and other life things don't come up. And I rarely get there, honestly. Um, so I'm just thinking in terms of me, but I imagine having expectations around there for yourself and how much stress you're putting on about that, what has to happen versus what's nice to happen. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's, like I have that as well. Like this needs to happen. Yeah. And this is just a bonus. I think the problem, like the risk area, like at least that I've run into, and had other people I've collaborated with have an issue with, is when there's more than one must do going on at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, then that means that maybe nothing's going to get done, right? Well, nothing's gonna or something's gonna well. or something's gonna fall through. Somebody's gonna be disappointed. There's gonna be an obligation yeah. 
that turns yeah. into a stressor and creates anxiety and yeah yeah and that for me is like when you when you've committed to a co-writing project the thing mm. is that that is for, for me at least that's the that's the place you cannot disappoint yeah that's number one like, Commit, you know, you're like impacting other, somebody else my other schedule. deadlines yeah. yeah my other deadlines like they mean I, I i try to be quite strict about deadlines because otherwise i don't put the work out mm -hmm. but my own deadlines they're flexible yeah yeah but if you work with another person you can't and, you can't yeah and that's one of those that's like one of those co-writing dating things you have to figure out early on is where the values are there too like so for me if i make an obligate a commitment to somebody I'm like that's number one and not everybody has that like it could be somebody's like no i've got this business that's doing really great and this collaboration with you is a nice to have but it's not what's making yeah. my money, right? And that's important to know, right? So that's the why and the expectations. Yeah. And why are you in this? And, and what are your expectations? And so it? if that's going to move forward, then like I have to be comfortable that, well, I'll meet my obligations, but I have to be okay with that this project may not hit its deadlines and goals. And so then I have to examine why am I doing it and be okay with whatever happens, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's also that's the allowing for a certain kind of fluidity and flexibility mm -hmm. in projects like that because yeah. there are there are two people involved or more people involved and and at the end of the day we're all human yeah so things sometimes it's bad time management on one but sometimes it's just life gets in the way yeah um, and it's you know and it's kind of outer once commit to a project that's going on you know there's a certain percent that's a lot of it's out of your control at that point so yeah. and that becomes a personal skill like where am i at in terms of my own comfort level with things that are outside of my control and outcomes versus kind of the process mm -hmm. of doing it the joy and so as long as for me the joy and the fun and the other things are working then i'm okay right but if yeah. it's just not fun anymore then there's probably got to be way to think about how do I do I have out clauses in this you know what point do you kind of press pause or cancel and shelf table yeah. the table the project too uh, yeah yeah especially especially when you put your own projects on the back burner because of this commitment yeah and I've got this about the I've got this second collaboration going on and it's kind of waiting for me to free up from the current co-write and that's okay because the other person doesn't really have any publishing goals and so they're okay with that but yeah they just wanna yeah 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 but that wouldn't work for everybody for sure no that no that's that i have that with the uh, with the imposter syndrome book it's uh very much I'm a very structured person. Like I said, like I'm really much, I'm, I'm a plotter. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my co-writer is much more of uh, when inspiration hits, he mm -hmm. goes and mm -hmm. then he can produce like a crazy amount of words. Mm -hmm. um, so we've been trying to find a balance there because mm -hmm. I mean, I sometimes need to let go of the structure to make the magic happen. Mm -hmm. So for now, what we've decided is um, I know which topics I want to 
bring in, like what I know now that I want to bring in, and then I want to see what comes up as we write it. Mm -hmm. So what we did now is I created like a sort of writing prompts, mm. and he's just gonna so questions for him, like like kind of like journaling questions. Oh, that's cool. So he's just gonna tackle them one by one yeah. when he's ready. So it's very much instead of well, we need to book out then we're, we we keep each other um, up to date and okay so that that's my window there and then I'm gonna sit with it and then I'm gonna pour out everything I can now mm -hmm. and then it's back to you and you'll let me know where you can look at it so yeah. we try to try to do a fluid approach instead of um, and I don't, this is the first time I'm trying that just yeah, to see that, that see. feels that feels nice right like. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I'm yeah. so used to doing a very. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm I used to be a teacher, so I'm very used to. Mm -hmm. you, know, you have a deadline, you have a syllabus. This is done, mm -hmm. then this is done, then this is done, then. Um, of course, like I think I've been more flexible than my colleagues when yeah. students came to me and were like, you know, I need to. I know I need to write this paper, but I just don't know. Like that, it's not coming. It's not coming to me. Mm. Like I've. Like I, I wasn't one of those teachers um, who needed like you know um, some written thing by a doctor that you couldn't do the work. If mm. if your reason was I'm just I'm, I can't grasp it yet, I'll take two more days. Yeah. Uh, so I was I was like so inspiration needs the head, but yeah, I am quite structured. But this feels that like when he first suggested that I was like what. Mm. But it's been it's been very nice, but also it takes the pressure off of me mm -hmm. that I could just you know look at this when my inspiration hits, and that's great because I can be very much I can do ten things in one day. Yeah, depends on on my mood, and I just go like my best days are when I I work on everything for like an hour. Yeah, and I just go to the next one, and then I put I put out so much work, and with this project I can I can do that as well, and it's not something that I have to do. Um, I don't know if it's still going to work as now we're in the exploratory phase. So now mm. I think that's good. I think once we get to the revising and like the actual structuring, we need a, we need more structure yeah. as well. But, but now, for now it works really well. That's fun. Yeah. That's, hey, what I want to know. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, cause you, you were talking about trial and error. So, um, you gave the example of, you know, the example you gave, to me, sounded very much. And this is also what I see uh, with my own co-writing. Mm. Is I work with um, these two people because they um, they have different strengths than I have. Mm -hmm. Like like with the with the with the the nonfiction co-write, I started very structured. Then my co-writer was like, I think we need a more fluid approach at the beginning because otherwise. We're not gonna uh, dig deep and mm. find out what we want to say. Mm. Mm. And for me, that was like, you're right, because I'm already, I'm already thinking about what do people want to hear and how can I best, like a very academic way of going. Mm -hmm. like, so where are my arguments? Where are my counter arguments? Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, maybe. And I was like, oh, you're so right. Like I'm so, yeah. like my nonfiction is so structured. Um, so that is his strength. Mm -hmm. My strength will be once we get all that information to. Put it together, yeah. That's, yeah, but that's not that's not now. With my other co-writer, it's um, she's a great first drafter. I'm a great plotter. I'm a great reviser. So when you were talking about you know uh, wanting to write a song together and then produce it, and then you realize we might be two now, but it doesn't make a complete team because mm -hmm. yeah. you both have the same strengths. 
So that was an example where you were like, oh, yeah, this is not going to work. Do you have an example when you were like, everything came together? Yeah. Like one of the best collaborations you've ever done, and why was that? Well, yeah, a kind of beautiful example. It was more of an ensemble effort. So I recorded a couple albums in Hawaii on the Big Island and have some friends that's like such that just sounds like the hard life yeah i know it was it was rough um so the first time i went out there i i brought my own songs mostly and there were a couple mm -hmm. co-writes with people who were there um that we kind of did ahead of time but it was mostly my own stuff and so it was my project and the second time i went i went we built in a week for us to hang out, myself and two others, and just hang out for a week, living together. I was visiting their space, and they had a little studio. We were able to hang out and be relaxed and do activities, drink wine and have food, and just use that time to explore and write songs. And then without the pressure of how many are we going to produce and create, and then there was a week set aside for after that to go into the studio and capture whatever we have. And and that that was really we had a spread of skill sets and and values in terms of what was important in a song, what we each cared about. And so there was this this nice bit where we all had things to contribute, but then there were areas where we could push each other. And, you know, and I don't know about you, but I know when I'm being pushed and I'm on that edge of feeling uncomfortable, but that point, but that point, the nice balance part is we all know that getting the first draft is an act of surrender. It's like, you just come up with stuff. You're not shutting each other down. And when you're, when you've got something and you've got the idea and you focused it down um, and we know each person cares about a different song or different elements, then we can go, hey, let's apply our tools, our craft tools to this. And how can we make this better? Because we still have two days left, one day left, or three days left until we go into the studio. And we're still chiseling away right up until yeah. the end there. And it was nice because we have that trust. We have those relationships already built up and different skill sets and parts where we felt passionate about to kind of pull it together, the different parts of it. And it worked really well. So the, the producer <laughs> was a little nervous, right? Because I'm coming in, I'm saying, hey, I'm going to come in. We're going to write this thing from scratch. I don't know what we're doing. I don't know how many songs we're doing. Hey, we're going to book this drummer. Don't know, you know, who else we're going to need, but we're going to do this thing. And it was really organic and You're cool. And in it, the flow. Yeah, it was completely in the flow. But I, I did, you know, I have a note, and I, I think it's an important thing to track on these type of things. Um, once you have a concept, and this, whether this is in writing songs or in a book, chances are there's going to be somebody who gets the big picture for this thing more than the others or has an idea of how we're going to exploit this or what we can specifically okay. do with this. Somebody, and these things don't work unless there is somebody 
who this project is for, like a focal point, whether it's going to be for this publisher, it's going to go to this genre, and this person already has a name established, right? Or this is going to be the person who's the performing artist for this thing we're, we're doing. Somebody has hey. to be the veto authority and it has to be the one who's pulling together the big and saying, hey, we've got enough here. We need to focus here. Somebody to kind of pull it together and and everybody else be willing to, you know, give ideas to, but also be willing to step down. And I know that I've been a part of projects where um, I really appreciate that, that people are willing to let me drive it in that way and be the decider of good enough and to know that there are aspects of the work that some people aren't happy with everything about it but that the only reason we're able to pull it together with the time and resources we have is that we knew when to improve things and when, when to let the process move forward um, yeah. Yeah. and vice versa for me to plug in and to be in a support role and to know when, hey, you know, it's this other person's point of view or their personal taste is going to dictate the final decisions. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. But I can use my craft and my tools to help them succeed. Yeah. I think yeah. that's important to know for each. Because I also, I, I tend to be the, the big, I, I tend to be the bigger picture person. Mm -hmm. um, and that doesn't always... Um, that that needs a lot. That needs quite a bit of communication. Like I said, with the the imposter syndrome book, uh, I think because I I see the bigger picture before I start, mm. I start out very okay. So what are we gonna do? How are we gonna tackle this? So I go very uh, go in like okay. So mm -hmm. how how are we gonna do this? Um, it was actually really fun. Is that when he addressed that that okay? So this is really your strength. Like you can organize this. You can structure this. I first want to try this approach. Mm. Basically, what because he was so honest in that when I was, you were talking about comfort zone. Mm -hmm. That was so out of my comfort zone. Mm. But at the same time, once I was like, once I read through his comments, like we just work together in one document right now. We just like we use different colors and mm -hmm. just type to each other. Basically, that's it's very messy. Um, but it sort of gave me the permission to like put my filter down. Mm -hmm. Like I took one deep breath and I just started writing. And I was like, oh, so this, now it's coming from a different place. It's yeah. not longer coming from here, it's coming yeah. from here. Yeah. Uh, Cause he gave me the permission, but, but also, um, cause I, I realized, okay, so I can drive this project, but not now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right now. Yeah. So it's it's like what you said. Like if you, we can almost say, see, like we are now in the first four days of the seven weeks of trying to figure it out, and it's not time yet to go. Like, okay, we we're almost gonna start writing this. Mm -hmm. So you know, now let's see what we have and let's cut away what we don't need. Yeah. But at the same time, with um, this Sunday, so upcoming Sunday, the second book in our first trilogy is gonna get published. Mm. And it was the most difficult, for some reason, it was maybe because it's the middle book. It was very difficult to write. Mm. Uh, and I've, I've changed quite a few bits, even the last phase. And my co-writer, who's not as much of a fan as, of the editing process as I am, was mm -hmm. like, 
it's fine. Look at what the beta readers say. It's fine. You don't have to change that much. But I felt like, no, 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 I can do this. Like, I can, like, pull this together. Mm-hmm. And she was already done. Like, she, um, she, she was done with it. She was like, I just, can we move on to, to book three? Yeah. Uh, could, could, you, could you let it go? But I was, for me, and I'm, 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 a, um, I'm no longer a perfectionist. I used to be. Mm-hmm. But like I'm very much good enough is good enough. One of the reasons I wanted to write the romance is because good enough is good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I knew I was so certain that it was not about being a perfectionist. It was because I saw there were some threats that were not connected properly, mm-hmm. and I just needed another shot at fixing it. And I did. Yeah. And so the 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 comments we now get. So it's now uh, with our arc team. Hmm. The comments we get now, and, and some of our uh, team members are also beta readers, and their comments are, I don't know how you did it, hmm. but it's, it's, finally, it's finally one thing. And I'm like, so this is why I, at the end I decided, because um, at one point I just said, like, okay, uh, if this needs a complete rewrite, it will get a rewrite. I don't care that we want it. So I was at that point mm-hmm. kind of stepping up and going like, no, 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 like this yeah. is how we're going to do it. Right. Um, Cause it was, so it was, sounds like it was yeah. your vision. You kind of had that, that role yeah. and yeah. kind of and a also Q, QA like, yeah. part of it. Right. Like when is it good enough? And that is, yes. And my, my, my why is I want to leave a legacy that I'm proud of. And if I, I mean, there were too many badly written books out there already. Like mm. I didn't want because my I, I, like I didn't feel it was good enough. Now I feel like it's it's romance. It's not perfect. Yeah. But at least the story the story yeah. is now. So it was not, and, and that's the thing. It's like I think my co-writer thought it was about me being a perfectionist. I'm like, no, no, no. I can do this. I just need. Yeah. I just uh, need more time. I think that's and where it was, like, I still made it. Yeah. It's this concept of trust versus control right and we all of us as humans are somewhere on the spectrum of um based on life experiences and how things go right like as a collaborator with you like okay i'm not sure what you're seeing there and what how you think you're going to improve this right and that but i can respond to the situation in terms of no, we're on a schedule, we need to do this, you know, and what matters is that we do this because I'm going to feel safe and better if we stick to the plan versus I don't have the same experiences and tools as you do and maybe there's something I just need to let go and let you have your shot at it and let you move forward with it and be okay with schedules changing or whatever it is um. yeah and for, for me in this case so this was me for the first time actually stepping up and saying i've got this i'm gonna mm. do it anyway yeah uh and also of course uh, beautifully um the book was done three times before uh, three days before the deadline mm. well so done. that was yeah and i just but for me it was like it's because this is the thing i know when i'm perfectionist i'm here but this was my gut call I'm like no 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 no, you're not there yet you can yeah. do it and i could i could do it but that's like the the thing like you said it's the we were we we're on a schedule we need to work on the next book mm-hmm. 
And I'm very much of the belief that if the second book doesn't work, nobody's going to read the next one. Mm. Yeah. So, that's and if true. I didn't know how to fix it, I would have let it go. But I knew how to fix it. And, and yeah. that's a good thing. Like, yeah. And there is a challenge there when there is a schedule and there are deadlines. Yeah. Right? And that's something to think about when we create <laughs> create our schedules, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like when I talked about that, how this product, music product, it came together with the collaboration, um, you know, because we weren't attached to the number of songs, but there was a timeline. Like once yeah. we're once we're done, we have this much time in the studio. Like we can improve it for so long, but then it's got to be good enough. So whatever we're veering towards and steering toward, it's gotta, it's gotta finish. Otherwise, whatever is left as an open thread is just not going to be on the final album. It's not going to be there. It's going to be abandoned. And do you think that helps? Because some people thrive with, with strict deadlines and some people are completely paralyzed by them. I think it helps, yeah. Um, but uh, Does it only help if you can let it go? Like if you if you work with the good enough... Yeah, you know, there was a tension, like, I'll be honest, like, um, I thought it was good enough, but I was also in the driver's seat, and it was my project. But I had at least one collaborator who was like, no, I'd really like to try to make this better. But they weren't in the driver's seat, and they could, if they wanted to, take a shot at it, right? But at the end of the day, mm -hmm. you step away from it for a while and come back, and it's like, you know, this is pretty good, you know. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm actually okay. And ironically, so there's one song, we ended up doing six, and one of them we really struggled with in terms of feeling happy with it and putting a lot of time into more of that post-production side of things and searching, and it's like, it's not really how we envisioned it. And oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. of the songs that were on there, that's the one that got the music library placement, actually. <laughs> You know, and That's a, it's, yeah, it's that other people were, you know, yeah. able to use and exploit the most. And so. That's so funny. You never know. And this is one of the things is that why I think it's so important to make to make the things that you want to make mm -hmm. for the right reasons. Yeah. Because whether or not it's going to be a moneymaker, whether people are going to want to read it. It's not really up to you. Like, there's no, there's just no predicting that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it's interesting in your story about your collaboration there. The beta readers were okay with the book that you had, even though well, you they could saw, see. They, 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 they did see, they did see the, they did see our struggle. Mm -hmm. But they were like, it's not bad enough for me mm. not to move on to the next book. Mm. So they did see, so they were like, you know, it's not as smooth as the first book, but it's mm -hmm. okay. Mm. Uh, but my, my, my goal was never to make it as smooth. I think that's the difference. My goal was never to make it as smooth as the first book. Mm -hmm. I just had a feeling about the second book that I, I just, what was actually going on with the main character was just hiding under the surface. And I just mm -hmm. didn't, you know, and I only got it. And that I got it about two weeks ago. Yeah. 
Well, and, yeah, and actually, yeah, actually, it was while we were plotting. We we did the whole. We did a lot of. We we went to Scotland. We went together to the twenty books conference. And then we did a. Um, we went six days uh, to the Highlands mm. to write. So nice. it was actually while we were while we were plotting the second trilogy, that I, that I sort of realized. And this was wrong with that second book. So this is how mm. we're gonna do it. Um, so yeah, I was like, I just need just give just trust that I can do it in time and that I can fix it. That's cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, these things come up like I'm sure I could come up with 50 examples of like when there was that tension of like, hey, it's yeah. good good enough. Like one or one of the two of us were like, it's good enough, or I'm comfortable with where this is going. I can't see where this is going. Right, one person's in one camp and one's in the other. And those are, you know, the interesting times to ride with, the discomfort and still moving forward. Yeah, and not like shutting, like not, and I think I could have done that better this time because at one point I did feel like I was shutting out my co-writer because mm. I was, because she said something about as long as like, like we don't have it we don't have time for a complete rewrite mm -hmm. and i went if it needs a complete rewrite it's gonna get a complete rewrite like mm -hmm. i went very mm -hmm. uh, control uh, yeah and i could have handled that with much more grace like i will absolutely <laughs> admit that mm -hmm. um but i think part of it is that i also didn't trust that i could do it in the time that i was given mm. So I think that was my defense came from my own trust and maybe also thinking that that sort of translate into yeah. her not trusting that I could pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it didn't need, it needed tweaking. Yeah. Um, and I, I did, I think, I mean, let's see, like it, it publishes Sunday. So let's see what the readers think. Yeah. Uh, but the art members seen, like I said, like, this is the thing It's like one of our biggest fans. Uh, it was like it's fine, but when she she read the arc version, mm -hmm. she no longer said it was fine. She was mm -hmm. like, "I don't know how the fuck you just did that. I don't know what you did. I cannot point. I cannot figure out how you did it." So I'm like, "This is exactly the kind of response. Like, yeah. I don't want a book that's fine. I want people to go like, yes, thank you. This works." Yeah. Yeah. Because I want to, my that's all about my why. Like I want to write something that I'm proud of. Yeah, and we can be proud for different reasons. Yeah, I think yes. each but of us are going to have different um, needs from what we've created. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why you said, like, like, like you said before, like it's so important to know each other's whys. Why are you in this? Mm -hmm. Are those expectations aligned with each other? Like, mm -hmm. does does that make? And I think having that conversation quite early on. And then being honest about whether you think that's a red flag or whether yeah, can we can we actually do this together? Uh, I think that's going to make it so much more worthwhile. I think I think it's the nice thing about what you're doing with the nonfiction book collaboration is in a way you may not know early on what what it's going to be and even how attached you are to the project, and the other person may not either. And so having that time to explore and decide. Um, do we have something here that we're both into? It can evolve over time. It can move from, I don't know, it's a good idea to like, we've got to do this, right? Get to that certain yeah, point of investment. 
Yeah. The same happened in your project, right? Like you did. That's what I. That's what, like my point yeah. is that so many people want to collaborate because it's it's they think um, it'll fasten their like it, it just speeds up their uh, their uh, publishing. But you also took nine months. Yeah, and I don't think other because of schedules not lining up. Yeah, and I don't think we would have been. Those nine months. I don't think we would have been as attached to it if we hadn't taken that time and had the organic stuff come up. Um, yeah. You know, went from being an intellectual exercise to something we were both invested in because we put a lot of time and these characters were becoming real to us. And, you know, we were attached. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I think that's uh, the whole time limit. Can, so it is, uh, can be a forcing function. It can kill a project, probably, from ever happening. Yeah. But I'm not sure it's it's the right reasons to do these collaborations. Yeah, I'm not. I'm pretty soft on what's right or wrong because whoever's driving the yeah. project, they have their reasons and they're doing it. It's working for them. I assume. And if you find the right people, yeah. yeah. If, if this is a thing, if you if you find somebody who has the exact same expectation, the exact mm -hmm. same why, yeah, then that's probably going to work. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the main thing. I just ask people to take away is why are you entering into a project why are you considering a co-write or a collaboration what are your needs you know and just like just because 10 other people are collaborating co-writing for a specific reason doesn't mean it has to be your reason right it's it's a personal thing and i think between the advantages and disadvantages of any individual collaboration it's kind of a wash and I'm more of the school of there's a thousand right ways to do something. Some of them are more right than others, but you know, there's not. Yeah. And some are more right for you than others. Yeah. It can be wrong for you. It can be completely valid for somebody else. Maybe you didn't have any other options at the time anyway. So you're just learning and getting better and practicing your craft and practicing collaboration and investing in your future. I think that's a very good way, yeah. a very nice sentiment to end this interview. Thank you so much for sharing all this. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Uh, and also, it's not also, sometimes these are really interviews and sometimes these are actual conversations. This mm -hmm. is an actual conversation, which I very much appreciate. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of The Fearless Storyteller. As a reminder, any and all links can be found in the show notes. And if you're enjoying this podcast, will you please consider leaving a review? By doing so, you'll be helping new listeners discover the Fearless Storyteller podcast. <laughs>